Welcome to Inspiring Women with Lori McGraw. I am your host, Lori McGraw. I have spent the past 30 years in leadership, and over the years, I've come to learn one thing. Women need women, and not just any women, but inspiring women. Tune in every week to hear from women at the pinnacle of their careers and from others who are just starting out. Episodes can be found at inspiringwomen.show or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Thanks for listening, and I hope you will be inspired. Welcome to another episode of Inspiring Women, and today we are speaking with Nancy Gunzenhauser Popper, and she is an attorney at the very esteemed office of Epstein Becker Green, a law firm, and she has been, her focus in her law practice is on employment law. So she counsels clients on compliance. She advises employers, conducts audit, prepares agreements, um, and the like. Now, Nancy has been chosen by her peers as one of the best lawyers in America, the one to watch. And this happened as recently as earlier, just this year, 2021. Nancy has her degree from Vanderbilt University, her law degree from Brooklyn Law School. And Nancy, we're really pleased to have you on Inspiring Women today. Thank you so much, Lori. I'm really excited to be here. Well, great. Well, thanks for joining us. Let's just get started and maybe tell us a little bit more about your background. What do you focus on at Epstein Becker Green? Absolutely. So I am an employment lawyer, but most of what I do is really serving as a day-to-day advisor and counselor on issues that come up in the workplace for our clients. So anything from you know how to hire people, how to manage leaves of absence, uh, and most recently, and by recently, I mean for about the past year or so, dealing with issues related to COVID-19 in the workplace and how that's not only disrupted our personal lives, but also disrupted uh, our professional lives and how to react and bring people back to work or change the way we work. Uh, So we've seen a little bit of everything and been chasing to stay up with the latest as news really changes day to day on COVID related issues. And that has really been what's keeping me the most busy over the past year, uh, work related at least. Well, there's a lot going on there. And I have to believe everybody's sort of like facing a whole wide variety of the issues in the workforce and the ways in which we work are going to be changing out of the pandemic in as much as they've been changing while we've been in the pandemic. But let's start maybe with just, you know, why the law? Why did you, you know, there's a lot of schooling involved, a lot of um, things to invest time in, but what interested you in the law and what brought you to um, Epstein Becker Green? So I was the first attorney in my family. I didn't have sort of the background of having any other attorneys who I knew. Uh, My mom worked as a paralegal for a period of time. So I had some sort of introduction, but I always knew that I enjoyed problem solving and being uh, within the legal world always presents a variety of opportunities to look at different problems. While I was in college at Vanderbilt, I had the opportunity to intern at a law firm to see if I actually liked it. I was also dabbling in potentially going into the world of finance. I had a math degree, which no other lawyer on the face of the earth enjoys doing math. And I 
you know, tried out a lot of different things and realized that I was interested in going to law school. When I graduated, it was at the height of the recession. So law school was a pretty good next step for myself as well as a lot of others right around that time. So it was a pretty competitive year in looking at law school, but I decided to go to Brooklyn Law just because of the incredible opportunities that you have in New York City to get experience. When I was looking at other firms uh, while in law school and, and thinking about where to go, I was drawn to Epstein Becker's focus on employment law. Our firm really does two types of law, and we have done them for a very long time since the inception of the firm. Healthcare law, which I know you spoke with one of my colleagues, Lynn Shapiro-Snyder, about uh, starting the healthcare practice at Epstein Becker, as well as labor and employment law, and really the synergies between those two practices and how we work with a variety of different clients on a lot of these same issues. So I had done an internship on law school that introduced me to employment law and knew that that's where I wanted to focus my practice. It's just an incredibly interesting area of the law and one that is continually changing uh, as we see legislation happening largely at the state and local level over the years, affecting employers, affecting employee rights, and you know, changing what the workplace looks like and what the future of work will look like. So when I was looking at different firms, I knew I wanted to focus in labor and employment, and that drew me to EBG. And I've actually been with Epstein Becker for my entire legal career, which is pretty rare among attorneys of my generation. I would say most people I know have bounced around quite a bit, but wonderful opportunities to focus within the areas of labor and employment that I enjoy, which is a lot of this counseling and compliance work uh, as opposed to focusing solely on litigation. And it's been an incredible place to learn and grow and how to become a lawyer and become an employment lawyer and how to work with our clients to create practical solutions for the day-to-day -day issues that are coming up. So it sounds like you didn't necessarily know, you didn't wake up, you know, in 10th grade and say, okay, I want to be a lawyer. You sort of discovered that you liked problem solving and then you fell into it and you pursued it. You didn't necessarily have role models pulling you into it, but then you also um, wanted to look at a career where you could be successful when you're dealing with a com pretty competitive landscape. And most certainly the law is one of those places where uh, many people can have excellent careers, but as people, you know, not, not being a lawyer myself, Self, but certainly knowing something about the profession of law, I think about things like, wow, that's a lot of hours that you have to put in to become a competent attorney, a competent legal professional. So is that true for you? Is this a lot of hours? Is this a lot of time commitment um, on the job? Certainly any lawyer is going to be working a good number of hours. You know, this isn't a job where you clock in at nine and clock out at five with your one hour lunch break. That's just not generally how we work. And certainly during the pandemic, the blur between on the clock, off the clock has gotten a little bit blurrier now that we're at home and we always have access. And, you know, long hours can be part of the job, but unlike a lot of other people I know who are in other areas of the law or potentially at other firms, there is a pretty strong encouragement to have a life outside of work where we are at Epstein Becker. 
you know, we're not working all the time, uh, but I don't mind working hard when I know what I'm working towards. We're trying to problem solve for our clients and uh, it's not work just to be working. So I, I enjoy what I do and it doesn't make it seem so much like work, which is a really great way to be uh, at this point in your career. Yeah, well, most women sort of inspiring and aspiring women, um, sort of the foot to the gas pedal a large amount of the time, but then finding ways to have some balance is a theme and, and something that sounds like is important to you as well. It also seems like for younger generations, I'm assuming you're a Gen Y or I don't know, but I don't know. <laughs> you're definitely well, I'm a, a proud millennial. <laughs> Okay. Well, then you are part of the, some of the largest part of the workforce um, these days. As a proud millennial, that, that work-life balance is a common theme. How, how do you keep that balance? I'm assuming it's important to you. You're just telling us that. How do you keep the balance in dealing with the virtual world where you do need to be sort of like available at all times? Well, and just making what you want to do your priority at that moment. I, I have a lot of, you know, with respect to time management, setting out times that I'm calling my work day. So I tend to start a little bit earlier. My husband and I welcomed our first child during the pandemic. So we're up early and we start our days. And at a certain point, I turn off so that I can spend some time with my family and eat dinner. And then if I need to go back to it, I can clock back in later on during other times. But I think it's really about understanding if you're able to step away and it's not something that's absolutely urgent, then take the time you've set aside for yourself to focus on family, um, focus on other interests that you have, trying to keep weekends actually as time off instead of working through it because it can just feel like another day when you're home every single day. And we'll see how this changes, you know, once people are starting to get back into the office and you have the little more of a break from the monotony of commuting and getting back to, to some of those normal routines that existed. Yeah, well, it sounds like you've got a lot of new normals and congratulations, Nancy, on your Thank expanding you. family. That's just wonderful news. And a child born in a pandemic, I mean, we're already in an atmosphere that's really, really different um, and unexpected. And then I'm uh, confident that having a child in the pandemic was its own um, experience. How has that changed your approach to your professional career? Sounds like you've got a good balance and so some strategies for how to keep that separation, which is excellent advice um, for listeners here. But how is having a newborn and also your approach to work? Has anything changed in terms of what you're doing or how you're thinking about it? It's interesting because as I was expecting, I was speaking with my colleagues who've had kids uh, while working while at the stage of their careers that I was. Um, I was promoted in the past year while I was out on parental leave to partnership role and just sort of how to navigate that. And a lot of the advice that they had was maybe not as applicable because, you know, there was dealing with commuting and dealing with different types of childcare issues and, and things have all been thrown out the door during the pandemic. And you're sort of starting from scratch with how you are, are thinking about things because the level set of where you can go, what you can do, how you can interact with people is, is just a little different. So some of the support that you may have had in normal times, pre-COVID times may not be as readily available. And some of the, the, 
interactions and networking and, and people you meet may not as be be out there as much, but we're still figuring it out. You know, only still only about six months in, so uh, to be continued and just sort of yeah. taking it day by day. One of my colleagues, she when I came back to work after leave, uh, was just talking through with her about the transition back and feeling a little you know, the starting back working and trying to figure out my schedules and get into a routine. And she said, you know, there's only so much you can do in a day and you get done what's important and you figure out how to prioritize. And then if it needs to get pushed to tomorrow, it gets pushed to tomorrow. And, you know, just thinking about it practically that if you can't get every single thing done every single day, it you're going to continue to sleep uh, and sleep's pretty important. So just trying to, to figure it out as I go. Well, if you've got a six month old, then I think so, I can imagine why sleep is so important, yeah. but I also <laughs> imagine that you're probably not getting as much of it as you um, would like, but it'll come, it'll come, Nancy. In terms of that balance, you have a nice calm perspective in terms of how to separate these things. And you're also working in an environment where you, um, all the old norms are out the door and everything is being made up. So who are you looking to? Do you have friends? Do you have family? Colleagues sound like what their experience is, is not the place to go to get it advice or are you just confident in terms of what you're thinking about personally and how to deal with the balance between um, family life and professional career? Well, I've I've absolutely talked to friends and family and colleagues. I, I have a lot of friends who also are in a similar boat, you know, that they've had kids in the past year or expecting kids and are, you know, just reassessing how this is all getting done and, and what that looks like. In speaking with colleagues, you know, there's a lot of great feedback and, but I think anytime you solicit feedback on, you know, how to, how someone else did it and how someone else's life worked, you sort of pick and choose what's going to work for you and try and implement that as, as it works for you. You know, we've got a strong family support, which is wonderful. Um, and it's not just me, but my husband is right there as well and navigating those same issues with his work. And so we're all in it together, I suppose. Well, there's some good balance in that. And there's also, it's great that you've got a network to turn to because um, there's always lots of questions when you're experiencing something new, especially, you know, the beginnings of a new family life. Nancy, going back to your career in terms of how you think about it, you've already accomplished a lot. You um, Being promoted while you're out, that's its own accomplishment. That's a new one for me. So congratulations Thank on you. that. How do you think about your career, I don't know, the next time horizon, next five years, next 10 years, having been where you are for, um, it is unusual to be at a current place of employment, you know, for your generation. Um, how do you think about the next couple of years? Well, I was really happy to have the opportunity to move up within the firm. You know, we are a mid-sized firm and we have really strong practice areas, but what I really enjoy about working here is we've got really great leadership that it takes the opportunity to invest in the associates who are here and to keep people. You know, we we are growing talent and we are trying to make everyone remain and be successful and be productive. And, you know, part of what I do as an attorney is not only performing 
great client service, but also building business and making connections and trying to help as many of our clients as we can. And, you know, what I really like about the opportunities with, you know, the partnership track that I've been promoted to at EVG is that we are always continuing to grow and there's still room to grow with where I'm at. There's an incredible women's leadership team at our firm, something that I think is pretty unique and pretty rare among law firms, really a focus on encouraging you know, junior attorneys and attorneys who are rising through their careers to focus on the business development aspect in a way that I think in prior generations was not as heavily focused on for women uh, who are coming up the ranks. And I think there's just a lot of support available and a lot of encouragement and a lot of strong women who are already in leadership. And it provides incredible mentorship, uh, sponsorship, and just aspirational opportunities for those of us who want to continue, want to keep at it. So my hope in five to 10 years is that I'm just continuing to progress, that I'm still enjoying what I'm doing on a day-to-day basis the way that I am. And, And hopefully that we're able to continue to grow more leaders within the firm. Well, it also sounds like, you know, the that you didn't have the legal role models early on before you jumped into law. You found them now, and that's an important part of what you want as you continue to grow your career. I can see why you have been dubbed one of these ones to watch, and I'll be looking forward to watching how things progress for you, Nancy. As we close out here, this has been a really terrific conversation. I appreciate the advice and tidbits that you've um, provided. Any other thoughts? or closing advice for either younger women who are earlier stage in um, their careers or ones that are even more experienced than you that, you know, types of questions you'd like to hear answered from them? I would say to those who are just starting out in their careers or maybe don't know what careers they want and are just starting out with different opportunities or thoughts to Try as much as you can while you have the opportunities to do so. I had a lot of incredible opportunities to take internships, either during school or during summers, paid internships, thankfully, to be able to test out and see what I liked, what I didn't like. You have a lot more flexibility earlier in your career before you're potentially set into a certain path. And then once you decide that you're in a career path that you like, make sure to tell people that you enjoy what you're doing. That will encourage others to continue to build you up and and to seek uh, mentorship and sponsorship opportunities to continue to grow and, and just speak up for yourself and promote yourself so that you are, you know, your own best cheerleader in order to succeed. Nancy, that is just great advice. I really appreciate this conversation. We have been speaking with Nancy Gunzenhauser-Popper, who is an attorney and another inspiring woman. Nancy, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, Lori, and I really appreciate the opportunity. This has been an episode of Inspiring Women with Lori McGraw. Please subscribe, rate, and review. We are produced by Kate Cruz at Executive Podcast Solutions. More episodes can be found on inspiringwomen.show. I am Lori McGraw, and thank you for listening.